Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Paradox. I am Jimmy. And I am Josh. And it's great to have you with us on this beautiful, beautiful summer afternoon in Austin, Texas. Taking you... To the top of the hour. Taking to the top of the hour. With the melodious tones of Andrus Blackwood and Company. How do you think of these things? Andrus Blackwood, do you even remember them? No. Yeah, they were back. They were back when Christian music was Christian, way before this trashy Phillips, Craig, and Dean uh, stuff came out. They were doing Christian real music. Christian music. The Imperials, Rust Half, whoo! I'm going down to the river, my lord. Now I'm going to be buried alive. Oh, don't even see get the me good going. news is, is I'm kind of in a bad mood today. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to fake it till I make it. Yeah. But I was worried about the energy mm-hmm. when with the show with half of us mm-hmm. not being in a great place right now. Yes. But you carry the energy. You know, thank you. Thank you. I could literally shut up and you could do the show. Could be preferable is what i'm saying but i noticed uh, either you spilled some sugar was that coke there that you were uh, snorting uh, trying to get up liven it up yeah before you know pre-game yep you just got to get going i just spilt a little bit of coca-cola down and just, just right up the nose yeah okay so when i was small i don't know why i don't know why but i decided that i would get a packet of grape kool-aid tear off the top the dust the dust okay the kool-aid dust not the liquid that Correct. you Correct, yes, it's a packet. And I, I don't, again, I don't know, but I got a straw, I put it into the purple dust. So super purposeful. Mm-hmm. Put the other end up my nose and snorted it. Had you just seen? I have no idea. Any given Sunday? I have no idea. Well, I was, I, gosh, I was four, five, something like that. Just just seen something about shooting I lines? guess. I don't, I never ate my boogers before, but once they were grape flavored, I mean, oh my! To this day, you uh, still discover oh, some grape up there. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that's one of those kids will do the darndest things. Not those things, but you did. True, <laughs> they don't do those things. Today we are. I'm personally very excited about this topic. We're trying. I am, but I don't want to show emotion because okay. I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. Okay. I, I can roll with that. We're trying to get Dr. Madeline Levine on the show. We're back and forth trying to get a hold of her. It's simply because I haven't asked her. I normally line out our guests. Jimbo yep. has tried it recently, and you've landed Crickets. one. I did. Uh, Yeah, just one. But uh, Madeline is ignoring Jimbo. I don't, but she's going to succumb. My secret is Twitter. To my masculine charms. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn on the old Myers charm. She's written several books, but the one that I am now enamored with and that I want to get her on here to talk about, but we're going to talk about the book with or without her, just because it is it is our practice. The title of the book is called The Price of Privilege. Subtitle, How Parental Pressure and Material Advantage Are Creating a Generation of Disconnected, 
and unhappy kids. This is what Josh and I and the other therapist here at the Timothy Center come into every day with the adolescent clients that we work with. I am seeing kids that are absolutely to the max pressured for grades, for sports performance, for musical performance, for picket, tiddly, it doesn't matter, but they are pressured to succeed. We live in a time where, again, we're getting the ones coming to mind, a seventh grader, they began SAT preparation classes for the child in the seventh grade. Well, they uh, start taking the PSAT around that time. They took, this kid was 14 or 15, flew him across the country to do a single elimination baseball tournament for his travel select team. They paid hundreds with hotels, I'm sure, over $1,000 to fly out. He played a game and they came back across the country so that a child could play one little game and then yeah. they came back. Over the past 10 years, I've had um, families with, you know, you list the select sports, but they have, you know, they're on two select teams. They have a fielding coach, a base or a hitting coach. They have a personal trainer. I mean, this kid from school to the teams to practice, he was, several have been on 5,000 calorie diets. Simply to I maintain know. weight. Hey, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It, it, it can get insane. The price of privilege is really, really good. It doesn't really hold a candle to fearless parenting by Jimmy Myers and uh, G. Barna. But we, uh, you know, we dedicated toe to toe with your teen. Yes. Who's, who's that by again? Well, that's me uh, without G. Barna messing things up. <laughs> and so the price of privilege, yes, the third best book ever written. Well, the Bible. You have the Bible in there. The Bible would be right. Right in front of toe to toe, behind fearless parenting. Okay, so it's and then fearless, in front of fearless Bible. It's the Bible, toe to toe, toe to toe, and then the price. And privilege. then, do you dare go purpose driven life? Oh please, no. Oh, no. Okay, oh, so Ricky, please. Price of privilege, Be gone. and then purpose driven. Yes, and then all the children of the world <laughs> gather together. Uh, we're gonna have to explain that inside joke. We one have day. three or four times. We have. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. We even put it in the show notes one time. Here is her, and I want to read it from her book. She says, why are th this is because she called a bunch of therapists around the nation just to go, hey, am I seeing, you know, what am I, I'm seeing here? These are not really depressed kids. These are what's going on. They just seem to be in neutral. They just seem to be blase. And she found that even though the verbiage may be different around the country, all therapists that dealt with adolescents, and we're going to be talking about affluent adolescents. And let me just go ahead and make this clear. Most everyone, I would say 95% of the people listening to us are affluent. Compared to the rest of the world, we're all stinking rich. But we do have, for the most part, money to do that which we want to do. Most of us listening take vacations. Oh, yeah. Chase Bank pays for mine. Oh, yeah. It's the coolest thing. It's so weird people don't ask them to do that more often. So when you hear the word affluent, go, oh, well, my child, we're not millionaires, so this is not talking about me. Because that's not... What we see in our office, these are not the children of millionaires. Uh, some of them are. Some families are sacrificing an enormous amount financially, time commitments for these kids to do whatever. She says, why are the most advantaged kids in this country running into unprecedented levels of mental illness and emotional distress? Is there something about such factors as privilege, high levels of parental income, education, involvement, and expectations that can combine to have a toxic rather than the expected protective effect on kids. Ouch. Why are children of privilege 
in record numbers, having an extraordinarily difficult time completing the most fundamentally important task of adolescence. That is, the development of autonomy and a healthy sense of self. Yeah. These are questions that sh- that therapists that are working with adolescents across the country are asking. So this is not Westlake and Westlake Way. This is, we're not talking about just Austin. We're talking about nationwide. And when we're talking about privilege, get it out of your head that we're talking about millionaires or people that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It's not what we're talking about. Most everybody listening could be considered privileged. They have food, shelter, exactly. the basic needs. They a lot working of toward those. Yeah. yeah. Many of you see this as an issue as well. And here's, here's some things that we know for sure. That the more a child has, the more empty they become. And the more that is done for them, the emptier that they stay. And that seems to be antithetical. That seems to will not be the case because we want to give our kids everything. The problem is we go from wanting to to doing that very thing, giving them everything. And what we're finding is if they want something, they get it, is killing them, is psychologically killing them. You throw in a roughly 50% divorce rate where you have at least one of the parents trying to make up, if not both, make up for parental guilt for the divorce, just shoveling everything they can because they feel so guilty about what they've done to their kids that they just give them, take them, go. There's, the word no does not exist or it doesn't exist very often. And you find one of the big problems. Jimbo, what is your favorite university on the planet? The University of Maui. <laughs> or Tahiti State. My favorite university is Howard Payne oh, well, University. Specifically, yes. Howard Payne University to Brombles. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were getting our degree, undergraduate degrees, yes, sir. or even completing high school, mm-hmm. like to do what we do, we have to climb the corporate ladder in our field. We have to get degrees. I'm assuming you find yourself in some ways in that exact same shape, whether you want to become an office assistant or become an accountant or become a doctor, advanced degrees are, or just undergraduate degrees are required in our world now more than ever. And Howard Payne University New Braunfels is proud of the professional advancement that their alumni have experienced as a result of obtaining their degrees from HPU. So if you are one of these folks that finds like getting an MBA is going to just jack your income where you work, or it's going to make you available for other jobs. If that's kind of where you were, there was a day where, you know, you just had to go to school all day. That's what they did. But schools like Howard Payne New Braunfels is able to provide these classes at convenient times in the evenings and on weekends to, in order sort of to make your dreams come true. So If that's sort of describing you where you are in your life, in your career, we want you to come visit Howard Payne University, New Braunfels. Howard Payne University, New Braunfels is where individuals finish their college degrees. Their academic advisors know their names. They have very minimal fees that are charged, and they offer the fastest MBA on I-35. Come visit Howard Payne, New Braunfels, or give them a call at 830-629-2366. You can also find them on the web at hputx.edu backslash NB, on Instagram and Twitter at HPUNB, and Facebook is HPUTX New Braunfels. So the parents who persistently fall on the side of intervening for their child, 
as opposed to supporting their child's attempt at problem solving. They interfere. We've mentioned this a couple of times now. They interfere with this most important task of childhood, and that is developing a sense of their self, developing autonomy. And what we find is, is we, and, and I always, you know, funny, I, you know, I, I give this example, but it's virtually universal. A kid's in the fourth grade and they come in, they go, oh my gosh, my paper mache volcano is due in the morning. And mom and dad go to Walgreens, they get the stuff, the kid goes to bed at nine and the parents are up till three getting the paper mache volcano ready for class. I remember at the private school that our kids attended at Hyde Park, they would, <laughs> they would have a science fair. And you would go into the science fair, and you had some kids that had their hand-drawn little, you know, poster boards. I never and, remember participating in the science fair. You know, it was for the smart kids. Oh, okay. They had, you know, so you could tell that the child... The talented and gifted... Yes, tag. I, I was never in the tag kids. Yeah, I never made the grades. Yeah, you had the bluebirds and the redbirds, and and you were with the grackles and the dumbbirds. Mm -hmm, the dumbbirds. I was always a grackle. Did you ever go into the Hyde Park Science I Fair? I never made the Science Fair. You could have just gone to Science C. I but you, so that you have, obviously was not me as a grackle. You have these children that are doing the absolute best they can to put together their little, and then you have science projects that have LED lighting displays. You know, they have lights that are set to music electronically. You're probably stepping on some toes here. And it's just, it's, you could just tell the, 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 the printing of, it's just, the and then you've got this, this seven-year-old standing there with this grin on their face. Just proud as can be. That child did nothing. Maybe was there. And I know when I taught school, there was at least one young man who was just not the sharpest pencil in the box. He just wasn't. And yet when he turned in his, his papers, they were brilliant. And, you know, the, the mother had to be told, you're not going to school here. He's getting zeros for all. This, this is not his work. Was that a weird conversation between you and Beth? Sort of. For me? It was. But we got through it. Here's what we learned. Here's another quote from Dr. Levine. When we, as parents, coerce, intrude on or take over for our children unnecessarily. We may be spoiling them, yeah, but far more significant consequence is that we're interfering with their ability to construct their sense of self. And I don't, and that can sound like psychobabble, but it's critically important. Why does, why is there a 22-year-old twice failing out of college and living above your garage? Why is that kid there? He never developed a sense of his self. One young lady recently who was graduating high school told her parents, the only reason I'm being kind to you is because I need you to pay for my college. Well, that young lady is no more going to succeed in college than a man on the moon. When we step in and we sort of interfere or coerce, we think we're helping because we want them to succeed and we want them to succeed at the highest level, but we're actually crippling them in their advancement, because this development of self is so critically important. One thing to mention here, you, you said that she's not going to succeed in college more than the man on the moon, but men on the moon actually did very well in college. Yes, because that's when women couldn't go to college, back when men were on the moon. So now but, she I mean, has a chance get, to go, but then she's going to fail miserably. My point is to get to the moon, you had to do well in college. That is correct. I stand corrected. Fourth thing, real quickly, the boredom. Listen to the, ah, this is so good. 
the boredom, the vagueness, the unhappiness, the reliance on others in these kids. Think about this again, because we all know them. These teenagers who are bored. What's wrong? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Where are you going? Nothing. What are you watching? Nothing. This vagueness, this just, this persistent unhappiness, this reliance on others. They can't fill out a form. They can't get, you know, they're relying on their friends. They rely on the teachers. They rely on the parents to get their work done, to remind them to be places. All of this all point to kids who've run into difficulty with this very foundational aspect of psychological development. I think the cool thing is, is to remember that these parents absolutely adore their children. This is not bad parents. These are parents that love their kids and they want what is best for their kids. Levine says that well-meaning parents contribute to the problem uh, by pressuring their children, emphasizing external measures of success like band, football, baseball, drama, grades, these external measures of success being either overly critical or being alternatively emotional unavailable and overly intrusive. These kids, I don't know where it happened. You know, we talk about, oh, when I grew up, we just got on our bikes and we went around and we just, you know, and you came home when the streetlights came on. And my mother never once growing up reminded, she didn't know what homework I had. I knew what homework I had and I went and I got it done. In our attempts to help, in our attempts to love our children, we're loving them to death. So we spent, well, you've spent 22 minutes describing the problem. We have no time for the solution. Ooh. So that's Ooh. it, folks. S- stay tuned. No, we won't, even, we won't even wrap it up. Just adios, c'est la vie. No, we have to do a solution here, Jimbo. Well, really quickly, there's a one-word solution. Stop. Or a two-word, actually. Stop it. What about three? Stop, drop, and roll. We've got to recognize that this is an unsuccessful method of parenting. We say before, you know, every time we see our children start to stumble, we just throw a giant pillow under their butt so that they have a soft landing. Stop. Yep. Stop doing that. Let them be bored. Let them work out their own problems. Don't take over their schedule. Don't over schedule them. Oh, Lord, yes. Just let them be. When they have an issue with the teacher, don't work it out for them. When they have an issue with a friend and they're six and they're oh, on the playground, let them work it out. When they're in high school when and they have trouble on Facebook or on Insta with somebody, let them work it out. When they're five or four and they're walking around on the playground, don't hover. Sit on the bench that is provided for you on the side. They don't even allow their kids to play by themselves. Yeah. I want to close with this. Again, I love it if we could get her on and we could unpack this some more. It's so close to home because, again, it's what you and I do every day. We see this every day. I tried to address it in a couple of the chapters of Fearless Parenting, but what Levine has done is it's an entire book, and she just methodically outlines the problem. She probably read Fearless, and that's what... Well, I think it was probably her motivation. Uh, That's why she dedicated it to me. Here's what he said. Between accelerated academic courses, AP, pre-AP, multiple extracurricular activities, premature preparation for high school and college, 
special coaches, special tutors engaged to love. I love this. And these tutors and these coaches are all engaged to wring the last bit of performance out of these children. These kids find themselves scheduled to within an inch of their lives. Criticism, even rejection, becomes commonplace as competitive parents continue to push their children toward higher levels of accomplishment. As a result, kids can't find the time, both literally and psychologically, to linger in internal exploration. This is necessary to develop a sense of being fantasy, daydreaming, thinking about yourself, thinking about your future. These are all absolutely critical aspects of a kid's self-development, and they have no time. There's no time for them to just lay in the yard, because if they don't have practice, if they don't have a game, they're playing on a computer. Slash doing homework over the summer. That. Important topic. And I think in our day, probably one of the single most critical topics. Yeah, just let him be. Don't step in for your kid. Love him. Be there for him. Provide food and shelter. Spend time with them, but don't solve their problem. And when they mention other parents who went and yelled at the school, so they stopped your punishment, or, you know, the other kid's punishment, why didn't you do that for me? Because that's not, that's not what we do. You know, we're not going to let culture, we're not going to let other parents dictate what we do with our children. Nobody's responsible before God for their children except for us. Tell them no. Disappoint them. Disappointment and then being able to experience that and get over it is so key. Absolutely. And they learn it from you. And if you never disappoint them... So ultimately what we're saying is be a lazy parent and torture your children. But I, rem- I, I love it because it was not that... I don't know. Was it last year or something? We did a whole show on telling them no. Invent a reason to tell them no. Even when you don't have to tell them no, tell them no. Just so they can get used to no. You simply don't get things that you want just because you want them. No. Because I know, because I'm sitting here, I'm looking at teenagers, and when they're told no, their heads explode. Well, we train people how to treat us. We train that kid to explode when they hear no, because they've never heard no in their life. Paradoxpodcast.com, if you want to form a complaint regarding this episode, uh, you can check out the episode tab. You can also find us on our socials on paradoxpodcast.com. We would appreciate it if you like, share, review, do all the things you can do with the show, including listen. We thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.